Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and I hope y'all are enjoying this wonderful, wonderful Tuesday morning, because I know I am. As you all know, actually, before I jump into that, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Make sure you like, um, subscribe. Make sure you give it a good review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to. Make sure you share with a friend and everything like that. But going back to what I was saying, I am in a good mood today because... The Celtics stole a game in Milwaukee to regain home court advantage. But we're going to save that game for the second half. We're going to start off with the Warriors in their three-point lead against the Jaw Morantless Grizzlies. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. The Grizzlies had a chance to steal a game against the Warriors without Jaw. And, man, they needed more from Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks was so amazing last year, too. He was so amazing last year, and he's been so good throughout the season that everybody was like, yeah, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jaw Morant, Jared Jackson Jr., that is a legit four right there. Um. If we can get Jared Jackson Jr. to ever stop fouling, we can play him at the legit five position. You know, he plays power forward, too. I mean, you know, he's actually a power forward, but if we get him to play small ball five and we could get him to move there, like I put him in the same place as Anthony Davis to where y'all play the four, but y'all really should be fives. If we could ever get him there, they'd be legit. But even with him at the four and having Steven Adams at the five, it was working. It was working throughout the regular season. It looked good. But as we know, uh, Desmond Bain is struggling with an injury. So you can tell uh, in a game without John Moran, him only shooting eight shots, we needed more. We needed more. I know he's hurt. I know he's struggling through it, but we needed more. Um, on a day without Jaw, we need Dylan Brooks to be better. Dylan Brooks has been putrid this entire series. He was solid last year just to be bad this series. I don't understand why either. He hasn't he hasn't played well at all this series. Like, like against Golden State, he's been five for nineteen. Um, what's called last night, he was zero for three in the game where he got ejected. I believe he was two for eight before then. Or no, uh, two for eight from the three. He was three for thirteen from the field. He hasn't had a solid game yet. I mean, he even had some stinkers in Minnesota, but he hasn't had a solid game all series. He hasn't been, he hasn't been, just he just hasn't been good. And I don't understand what's going on with Dylan Brooks. I don't know if it's in his head. I don't know what's going on, but he can't seem to figure it out. And they needed him today. They needed him today. Um, It's just, it's so crazy that on a game on a day where the Grizzlies next three best players didn't play crazy great. Like they weren't phenomenal. They didn't step up to the point where you thought they'd step up and they only lost by three. 
you have to give credit to their defense. You have to give credit to their defense. Um, What's called Tyus Jones stepped in. I almost called him Trey Jones. I always get the mix. So Tyus Jones stepped in today for John Morant, and their defense significantly improved. Kyle Anderson off the bench. If y'all know, if y'all are, if y'all are familiar with Paul, y'all know I love Kyle Anderson. If you see me on social media, you know I love Kyle Anderson. I've always wanted Kyle Anderson on the Celtics. I love him because he can just he's just a guy that can do everything. He's not he's not gonna do he's not gonna excel and be great at anything, but he's gonna be very good at everything. Um, I see him as a bigger and more like you know, bigger and more smooth Evan Turner. Cause I really loved Evan Turner because he's just like one of those girls again that just does everything good. I see Kyle Anderson that way, kind of like Nick Batum, Batum as well. I just see I like those kind of guys that just do everything. Um, he Kyle Anderson was probably their best player, and that's saying a lot. But they needed, they need, they absolutely needed more. A lot of people I know I saw social media already were saying, "Oh, they only lost by three. They had a chance to win." Up until the um, Warriors' late run and late surge, it looked like the Grizzlies were going to win this game. And a lot of people were like, oh, maybe they're better without Jaw. They're doing this without Jaw. X, Y, Z, they're not better without Jaw. They are not better without Jaw. Defensively, yes, they are better without Jaw. But as an overall, they're not better than Jaw. Because if we're using that logic, then we can be like, the Warriors are better without Steph because if y'all put another lockdown defender in there instead, y'all's defense would be amazing. You take, I mean, you take uh, what's called Trey Young out and put a defender in there, y'all be amazing. You took LaMelo out and put a defender in, y'all be amazing. Like, no, that's not, no, 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 no. Yes, these other players can have that special thing. They can do that one thing better than y'all. They can defend. So yes, the defense does look better without with Jaw off the court. Cause I've been telling y'all the whole time, like Jaw's not a good defender. He's a very bad defender, which I don't understand because I don't understand bad defender. I can understand if you're much unathletic and you're not a good defender. Let's say like a Joe Harris. Joe Harris has a reason to not be the greatest defender, the best defender on the court. He shouldn't be one of your better defenders on the court because Joe Harris isn't physically capable of being one of your best defenders on the court. However, John Morant, it has the physical tools to be a really good defender. The same thing with Andrew Wiggins, like Andrew Wiggins is starting to be a good defender in the Warriors. But when he was in Minnesota, he was an awful defender. And it's like him and Cat were awful defenders. Like, how are you such a bad defender when you're easily one of the most athletic people in the NBA? And then you see him in Golden State, and you see him playing good defense, playing solid defense, locking up, and just being a very, very good perimeter defender. You're like, so you were you were always capable of playing defense. You chose not to. <laughs> Even like, cause look at Clay. Clay, Clay is not the most athletic person, but he he's a really, really good defender. Defender defending is just about IQ and um effort. And there's just a lot of people that just don't want to put that effort on the offense. I mean, on the defensive side, it makes sense to a certain extent because if you're carrying so much of a load offensively, I can understand why you take off defense. Like 
Like we see it with like LeBron now that he's up in there in age. You see it with other players. You saw Kobe start slow, slow sliding back. Um, RP the Mamba. You see players when they get older and they if they if especially if they don't have much help and they're like backpacking the entire offense. They're like, hey, either my offense is gonna suffer, my efficiency is gonna tank, or we're gonna have the. I'm gonna take a step back on defense. So if we have better defenders on the team, then, hey, I can just step up offensively. I'm going to step back defensively. But if we got the offensive help, I can step up defensively and let my offense take a step back. So there's no reason Josh shouldn't be a good defender. Um, and I don't want that narrative to stop that they're better without Josh because they're clearly not. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, they struggled to a certain extent early on. I think was it like they missed like nine or ten or eleven, whatever. They missed a nine, ten, eleven straight shots in the beginning, and they couldn't they couldn't get it to fall early on. I think it was threes. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it going early, but they eventually turned up in that uh, later in the game in that fourth quarter. Three point wise, they still didn't. They like I said, overall, even when they turned up, they still shot poorly. They shot uh twenty four percent, and for the Warriors, that's awful. And the Warriors aren't going to have another bad shooting game like that. Even Steph was talking about after, after the game, <laughs> making a joke at uh, Coach Brown since he got that uh, new job with the Kings. They were He was talking about, hey, I felt like we were shooting like the Kings tonight and we were playing in Sacramento or whatever. And it's just because they, 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 they did shoot poorly. You had Steph shoot 4 for 14. You had Clay shoot 0 for 7. Wiggs shoot 1 for 5. Jordan Poole shoot over three. Um, the only one that actually shot well was Otto Porter Jr. He had four for six. And his were crucial shots. His weren't just like, oh, early in the game, I'm going to shoot my four shots. I mean, I hit my four shots and then move on. He, he hit his shots in big moments, which was very crucial for them. The Warriors, like I told y'all last time, like what we were just speaking on, uh, what was that, a couple days ago, the Warriors have been getting in the paint. Or was that yesterday? I think it might have been yesterday that we were talking about it. But the Warriors have been getting the paint at will, and they've been shooting extremely well in the paint. And there was just nothing they could do. I can't tell you how many times I saw Steph get in the paint. And even though, like I said, he didn't shoot the best, he still got in the paint while Jared Jackson and Steven Adams were on the court together, and he got a layup. And it's like, y'all are going big for what reason if you're still allowing points in the paint? I said I was tweeting throughout the game that the Grizzlies have to take advantage of their size. They have to. They have a darn near seven footer at power forward. They have to take advantage of their size. They have to instead of Golden State attacking your footers and your bigs, y'all should be attacking Draymond and Wiggs and Otto Porter Jr. in the paint. There's no reason you should allow them to get away with Otto Porter Jr. and Draymond and Wiggs on the court together, or Draymond Wiggs and their uh with their PTSD um lineup where Draymond's at the five and the tallest player on the Warriors is six eight Andrew Wiggins. There's no way y'all should just be able to stop. There's no reason y'all shouldn't be getting in the paint at will. Yes, they're small ball, yes, they're fast, they're gonna be high offense, but that paint should be food. Draymond is a generational defender. 
But Draymond's not uh like a elite shot blocker in any way, shape, or form. There's no reason y'all shouldn't be attacking. There's no reason y'all shouldn't be getting. I know y'all are preventing certain posts, but there's no reason y'all can't have a little elbow block action where y'all have y'all can have Stephen Adams on the elbow or y'all can have Jared Jackson on the elbow because he's a better shooter. Have Stephen Adams on that other block and take advantage of their size, posting them up, and then just go big to big. There's no reason y'all shouldn't be attacking, setting screens, just driving, attacking relentlessly, and just rolling, and then kicking out the roll or just the driver just going all the way. There's just no reason. I don't understand why Taylor Jenkins trying to play their, the Warriors ball. I don't get why he's trying to match them when it's like that's that's not that's not y'all. That's not y'all can't y'all can't out warrior the Warriors. Especially when y'all don't have the personnel to outwar you the Warriors. Play to their weaknesses, make those adjustments, and there's no reason it should be this close. But even with that, it's still a three-point game. And I don't know what Jared Jackson Jr. is smoking, but he sold. Because it was like 14 seconds left. And he shot an awful, and I mean awful, Three, the Warriors started celebrating everything. At that point, the Grizzlies gave up, and the game was over. It was, it was just there was just nothing left. They had nothing left. They the Warriors are up three one. The Warriors are easily packing this up because even if Jaw comes back, the Warriors don't have a. Ch- I meant the Grizzlies don't have a chance. The Grizzlies don't have a chance to win three. I I just I wouldn't bet my entire saving life savings that the Grizzlies aren't winning the next three barring some crazy crazy injury from like Steph Draymond or something like that like unless they have like some crazy even with Draymond getting hurt I still believe Steph should be able to get it I just don't believe that there's any way that the Warriors smoke this 3-1 lead but we're gonna take a short break and we're gonna be right back Talk about the game I want to speak on. I'm not going to hold y'all long. I'm not going to hold y'all long. Originally coming in here, y- y'all lucky I waited till the next day. That's why I had to start waiting till the next day to record. If I record that night of, well, one, the Grizzly game was going to be on, be watching the game and getting distracted while I'm talking. But this would have been a Celtics-only podcast. But after chilling, relaxing, 
you know, I'm like, okay, okay, we can, we can, we can just give it, we can give it a little, we'll, we'll, we'll just give it a little, little something, something, you know, we won't take up all y'all time, but shout out Al Horford, man, shout out Al Horford, man, this man dropped 38 and 3 at 35 years old, at 35 years old, not only is he playing 40 minutes a game, dropping 30, He's also on the other end guarding the best player in the league in a top three power forward of all time. Al Horford, man. Al Horford. Al Horford. He got that. He, man, that's just, just, just watching him. Like, at the honest, got his tag. He's staring him down. You see Al Horford talking about, uh, you see, like, okay, okay. And then I don't know if y'all follow Anna Horford. If you don't follow Anna Horford, um, you need to on Twitter because she's hilarious. That's Al Horford's sister. Um, I've been following her for quite a while, and she she's she's absolutely hilarious. Um, she was tweeting throughout the game, and she was like, "Oh, they messed up. Oh, they messed up." And people were in her comments like, "Man, ain't nobody worried about this." Blah blah. blah. The Bucks are up, and they're like, "No, I've seen that look before." I was pissed, and I was like, "I was like, well, I see her tweeting it too." Usually, she tweets throughout the game. I'm like, "Okay, I was pissed." Al has been playing well, and this was like in the third quarter. I'm like, "Al's been playing well," but I don't think Al's just about to just. I don't think he's at the point in his career where he could just take over. Jalen Brown is in foul trouble. Jason Tatum struggling. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was already ready to wrap it up and go to after that. I was like, dang, let's just go to the let's just go to game five. I don't know what's going on. Um, everybody's in foul trouble. Nobody's shooting well. We 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 just need we need just move on to the next game. But Al Horford shut me up. Al Horford went into that fourth quarter. He was like, All right. That man scored 16 points and he was cooking. That man was raining threes. That man got a blow by by Giannis and dunked on him. That man, oh my god! Like he, in the clutch, he over there getting a post hook. This man, Al Horford, was literally doing it all while, like I said, on the other end, playing elite defense. It got to like Grant Williams was benched. Grant Williams was benched in the fourth. Ime did not go to Grant Williams. And if you were listening to the game, Stan Van Gundy kept saying, Well, why isn't um Grant Williams in the game? We want we like we don't need to have Al Horford on him because Giannis is getting got some blow bys. Al Horford had a lot of good to, um defensive possessions, but also Giannis got a lot of nice blow bys where he got he got there, he scored, and they were like, Well, we need Grant Williams on because if Grant Williams was in there, we wouldn't have made that switch. Like Al Horford wouldn't have had the switch. They're switching him on the, like we're switching Giannis on the Derek White, or we're switching him on the Jalen Brown. And Grant Williams in the game, we don't have to do that. Stan Van Gundy kept emphasizing that point. And I'm like, he's right. But this lineup is working right now. So yes, Giannis is getting his points here and there, but this lineup is working. So let's stick with it. Because it's being a really, really, really good. It's being a, it's, it's going, it's going really well. We need to stick with this lineup of Al Horford at the five, and um, what's called just going small with Jason Tatum at the four. It's working right now, and they were just attacking. They were attacking. Jason Tatum finally woke up. 
And then he just started, I think Jason Tatum had like 14 or 15 in the fourth quarter as well. And Jason Tatum started really eating when Giannis was gassed. They were talking about it during the game too. They were like, oh, Giannis looks tired and he looks gassed because he's having to do so much. Not only, they weren't expecting Giannis to have to do like that. They, they were expecting Giannis to, of course, carry the offense alone. But on the other end, he could he's playing free safety, he's playing help side defense. But it's hard for him to play help side defense when they were going at him. They were literally attacking him. They were, if whether it be Al Horfer, Marcus Smart and Derek White were also attacking that paint to make Giannis move constantly. Giannis, they weren't giving Giannis a break. They were having Giannis constantly moving. And then Giannis on the other end is constantly getting two, three bodies, bumping everybody. They are wearing him down slowly. They are slowly but surely wearing Giannis down. And you saw this game, especially in that fourth quarter, that man was fatigued. It was like six, five, six minutes left. And I just thought like they they that's when Tatum went on his run. Cause they 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 pulled Giannis out because that man looked gas. Giannis goes sits on the bench. I think it was yeah, it was George Hill. They bring George Hill in the game. And Tatum saw George Hill, and Tatum just started cooking. He said, this is food. He was hunting for George Hill. Bucket, 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 bucket. He started going crazy, and everybody's like, oh, Tatum finally waking up. Tatum starts just attacking, getting bucket at the bucket. And then they they bring Giannis back in because they see that the Celtics are going to run. They need him back in. They bring Giannis back in. But it's too late at that point because they're on a run. They're starting to get a rolling. Giannis starts coming. Giannis comes back in. He's obviously still gassed. Drew looks gassed as well. And it's just they need Chris Middleton. They miss Chris Middleton significantly. And I knew beforehand they were already going to miss Chris Middleton. But it was so evident this game how much they miss Chris Middleton because you have Drew Holiday and Giannis doing so much defensively as well as offensively that they are just getting overwhelmed. They're they're getting gassed. They're playing 40 plus minutes and they're just don't have to do so much and never get a true break that it's just it's exhausting. I can imagine how exhausting it is. And with this game already being extremely physical, you saw Giannis settling for so many jumper this game. And Stan Van Gandy kept talking. He's like, well, the Celtics want him to shoot jumpers. Like, why? And he kept asking, he's like, well, why is Giannis settling so much? Giannis is shooting all these mid-range jumpers because Giannis will shoot a ton of mid-range jumpers as well as he's But that man tired. That man, he like, golly, if I go in the paint, I'm getting beat up. I'm getting just, I'm getting multiple bodies on me. Sometimes I'm going to get the foul calls. Sometimes they're not going to give me the foul. Because there was plenty of times this. There's like, because I'm going to complain throughout the whole time, like, Giannis does get some pretty bad. He get he he gets he gets the benefit of the doubt a lot. Like there was that one play where Grant Williams had his hand straight up the entire time, and Giannis just barrels into him, and they called a blocking foul. And Grant was like, "Are you serious?" Giannis also throws his elbows, and he bumps. And there was plenty of because you saw Celtics fans starting to rage. They started posting so many clips after the Al Horford got his technical and flagrant foul, and kept for hitting uh, Giannis on the face after he dunked on him. It was obviously an accident, and they everybody understood it was an accident. Even Bucks fans were saying that they knew it was an accident. But Celtics fans were like, Giannis has done this the whole time. Literally, Giannis earlier in that game drove and got away with an elbow to the face. And the Celtics fans were like, are y'all serious right now? Like, you, like literally, 
he elbowing. There was one time it it wasn't as bad. He he chipped Grant Williams' lip and everything, and everybody's like, "Yo, how is Giannis getting these fouls, but we don't get the same treatment?" That's why, like I said, that's always my thing. Yon, everybody else doesn't get that same treatment, and the calls aren't consistent in that way. However, I will say at the same time, Giannis gets fouled a lot, but he's just again so dominant that is you can't stop the play every single play. And you get away with more contact on Giannis than you would on other people. So it goes both ways. But Giannis is, like I said, Giannis is getting beat up. He had to drop 40 last game to barely win. He had to drop 34 and 18 this game in the loss. He shot 32 shots and shot 43% from the field. Giannis, that's a win for the Celtics. That's an easy win for the Celtics. It's like if we have Giannis shoot 32 shots for 34 points, Giannis isn't that type of guy. Since most of his points usually, most of his shots usually come around the basket, we want, like, that. Giannis isn't that type of guy to do something like that to where he has a bad shooting game like that. Usually, if he takes 30-plus 30, 30 shots, he's dropping 40, 50, 60 points. And he didn't. He didn't tonight because they're wearing him out that much. And I was just loving it. I was loving it. And with him not getting the biggest break because they're going right back to Boston. He they're they're playing they're playing tomorrow night back in Boston. And it's like, and they got the early game. Well, I say the early kids the six guys. They got the first game of the night. And it's like, come on now. Come on now. Y'all got this man gas like this. And he only getting one day of break. And he has to travel. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very, very tough on Giannis. The Bucks need somebody else to step up. Because like I was talking about how their gas, you see the same thing with Tatum. You see the same thing with Brown. You can see their legs aren't under them completely on every shot on all their drives. Sometimes they're playing more lazy defense. You see you see it happen because obviously they're it's a physical series. They're relying on their stars, so they need somebody else to step up. Luckily, we've had Al Horford step up. We also had Marcus Smart play phenomenal. Marcus Smart was phenomenal. He had uh, 18 and 8. Marcus Smart was just just really, really good, whether it be drawing offensive charges, whether it be calming his teammates down and just taking care of the ball. Um, yes, he had some turnovers early, but he started, he started really slowing him down. And I love that when he saw Drew Holiday, Cause you see, Drew Holiday is a very, very strong person, and you saw Drew Holiday bullying us last game. Marcus Smart went back at him and was bullying him this game. Marcus Smart was hunting, and especially in that fourth quarter, whether any of the guards when when they took George Hill out, they're like, "Oh, you got Grayson Allen in, or you got Pat Connington in, or even Drew Holiday." Marcus Smart was going to that basket and just bullying them and going for a layup because he's like. Y'all are gas. I see y'all are gas. I'm not as gassed as you are because obviously I don't have Mark Smart doesn't have the responsibility of what's called Drew Holiday. His responsibilities are different. Mark Smart can focus on catching and shooting, um, fully locking in on the defense and everything like that, while Drew's having to create every shot and create shots for everybody else while playing amazing defense on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And it's just a, it's a it's a big responsibility. It's a lot. It's a lot that Drew Holiday has to deal with. So Marky Smart sees that he's gassed, and I'm glad that Marky Smart noticed that because Marky Smart just started attacking him. He just started attacking him, attacking him, attacking him, 
and there was nothing the Bucks could do. Even at the end of the game where you're like, oh, the Bucks should start intentionally fouling so they can try to get free throws, make this game last. They they just chalked it up. They just chalked it up and like, well, we'll just move on to game five. You can see they were obviously drained. They were obviously gassed. I can see this game, this series going seven. But Boston, we're going back home. Now it's the best two out of three. It's the best two out of three. And I like our chances. Jalen Brown was in foul trouble 90% of this game. He didn't have the best game. Jason Tatum woke up late. And we won this game. We won this game. Grant Williamson played well, but we won this game. We got to go back to Boston. We got to get this done. And I like our chances. See, I like our chances. But anyways, this has been another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. Most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out. (laughs) 